Thank you for joining me for another episode of Empower Apps. My name is Leo Dion. I'm joined once again by Stuart Lynch. Stuart, thank you for coming on. Hey, glad to be here again. So you obviously have a big YouTube channel and you've been doing a lot of work on iOS 15. What's been like your biggest challenge, both learning as well as, you know, teaching others on how to develop in iOS 15? Well, the biggest challenge is, is knowing what's a bug in iOS 15 and, and what is just my lack of understanding yeah. on, on one of the APIs. So I think that's for a lot of folks. Yeah. And I mean, I jumped in right at, at beta one. And as we're doing this video, we're at uh, five right now, beta five. And, you know, some things just aren't working as I would expect it. Or, for example, in the case of a sync image, you know, there's, as far as I know, no caching of that image. So, it's that there's there are missing components that you get excited about, and then you realize that well maybe this isn't as great as as what I thought it was going to be, and um, you know and other things um, as well like the focus state I think is is great, but there are some deficiencies there as well. So uh, have you used the focus state? Yeah, I have. Okay, and and it's great because I mean I used to you know use a, uh, a UI application shared uh, thing to set the first responder right. Yeah. And the focus state is great, but boy, if you, you know, for example, on an, on an, on a peer or a task, when your view launches, if you try and set the focus state, at least I haven't tried this in beta five yet, but up until beta four, the focus state didn't get set. So you had to embed that setting of your focus state inside an async, uh, dispatch queue.async after to delay a slight time. Okay. And the same thing if you presented a modal sheet, you had to delay it in order to set that focus state. So it was a the view was appearing before or was take was was appearing afterwards. So there was this delay that that that, that confused the hell out of me for a while and so you know, now it seems to be working but and and you can't say you have iOS 15 on your primary device now. No, I don't. And that was uh, that's the other thing is, okay. is that uh, I, I have it on my iPad, but not on my my iPhone. So you know I'm running everything on 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 the simulator at this point. So that that also limits the kinds of things that I want to show that sometimes require a a device presentation, right? So I'm I'm not exactly sure when I'm going to jump in. Uh, you know, I've got one of my Macs is on Monterey, the other one is still on on Big Sur. So thank God I can run Xcode under Big Sur because I wouldn't want to go on to to Monterey because there are definitely some issues with Monterey, particularly with my uh, recording software that uh, just doesn't work. Oh yeah, I hadn't even thought of that. Obviously, I'm I'm on Big Sur. One there was one episode I did that was almost lost when it was uh, on beta that. This was a couple of years ago. Oh. Luckily, yeah, I learned my lesson there. But like, yeah, I uh, I put it my I updated my phone this week to iOS 15, my my primary phone. I had updated pretty much everything, and then I updated my watch because I wanted to test some stuff on Watch OS 8. Okay, um, I have some watch apps so far, so good. But I yeah, I haven't really deep dived into a lot of the new iOS 15 features yet. If anything, like. I don't know. The, the one new thing I played around with recently was Doxy, uh, which I really, really love. Um, I had a whole posted a whole site. I deep dived into RSS parsing and all that stuff. So I had to put out that library syndicate. 
out um, for parsing RSS and got a doxy out um, site out with Netlify and like another thing I learned new to try to figure out how it works and all that stuff and GitHub Actions and all that stuff. So um, that that I really enjoyed enjoyed doing, but I haven't really played with, around with any of the new like SwiftUI stuff. No, the doxy that's basically only really usable in frameworks, isn't it? Um, like you can't use it. You can't right. sort of apply doxy to, to an application. I mean, I was hoping that I'd be able to, to really build some nice documentation just for a full app. Well, you could, you could refactor out part of the application as a framework and then right. run right. doxy. I mean, that would be the way I would go about it. I think that would make sense. But like, there's also like the features with like building out tutorials. Uh, I haven't gotten into that yet, but you can build out whole tutorials and stuff in it. Well, that's why I, I was excited about that, right? I, you know, but I haven't. Uh, you know, I haven't. I guess I'm waiting for somebody to do something on that. Uh, you know, provide a tutorials that I can uh, jump into and then uh, take it from there. So you mean like a meta tutorial, a tutorial on building tutorials? Yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I'll post okay. a link to the to the Doxy site and the the whole repos on GitHub if you want to take a look. If you want to see how I build build the Doxy site, but I like it a lot. Uh, like it looks really nice. It looks like it looks like Apple documentation, but with everything actually filled in. So that that's what that's what I really liked about it. What? And I think like that goes back to like one of the deficiencies of documentation you often find is like you said, kind of like either it's broke. You're not sure it's broken or there's like a bunch of stuff missing. And it seems like that's what kind of you've run into with some of the new stuff. I assume you mostly have been working with like Swift UI, I guess. Yeah. 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 In fact, um, I had to go back and update one of my apps and that was in UI kit. And, you know, I can't believe how much I've forgotten. And I don't know if it's a factor of my age or or whatever, but forgotten about UI kit. Yeah, you know I am so in ingrained now in Swift UI and thinking in Swift UI that going back to UI kit is uh, yeah, it's completely foreign to me. And and you know I haven't haven't even looked at the diffable data sources. I mean I did initially when they came out, thinking okay, you know I'm going to dig into that as well. You know, and, and new, the new collection views and, you know, I'm still table view guy, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't really, you know, I don't want to go back to UI kit. You know, I, I want Swift UI to fill in all the gaps and all the pieces because that's, I don't have that many years left, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I got to take advantage of, of what I've got. And uh, and so I, I'm moving forward and I'm not looking back, but sometimes I'm forced to go back if I want to update my older apps, especially the ones that are making money. So, Well, yeah, or you might have to use a UI hosting controller. Not, no, sorry, UI view representable often. So right. like there's that to fill this. Yeah, in. yeah, sure. Like I'm in the same boat. Like I, uh, I hate to say this, but I've been doing some Objective-C lately because oh, wow. I'm migrating some old code. And like I'm actually doing some 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 of that and like being able to support old code at the same time and like I've forgotten I've forgotten a lot of stuff about Objective C and it was like oh right you need a semicolon at the end of every line oh man like I haven't done that in ages but yeah, yeah you like like you said like when you wrap your head around a certain mental model of how things work and then you have to go back to the old way of doing it it's like yeah you you do I like even at my age like trust me I still forget like like how to manage UI view controllers and do all that stuff. 
It's 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 yeah. It's a pivot that you're not used to. Yeah. Well, the, the interesting thing now is that less and less now, when I'm answering questions, people are are back in UI kit. You know, it it more often than not now it's Swift UI. So that's that's better. I don't have to ask the question: Are you UI kit or Swift UI? You know, oftentimes it's well, what's UI kit? So oh <laughs> wow, really? Come, yeah, yeah. Well, or, I mean, I don't know, want to be essentially that. Unless it's a really big app, like obviously, like if it's my app, yeah. like I don't want to write a UI kit app and it's not like anything against UI no. kit, but like, I don't want to have to maintain that in five or 10 years, you know, assuming that app right. is still active. Right. But like, like, I don't want to have to maintain old UI kit code. Like I just, that's not something I enjoy doing. Like I'd rather work with Swift UI by far, like the preview, like the previews I think is one of the biggest advantages and, and the ability to like, just, just uh, hook up data easily without having to manually do it with MVC. It's like such a big, big help. Like that to me is like the biggest selling point to starting any new app in Swift UI. Certainly makes building sample projects easier. Yeah. Right. You know, you can just throw them together. The biggest challenge for me in Swift UI, though, is is the whole navigation scheme. Yeah. Um, particularly if you have a an iPhone app that you want to perform well on an iPad, and you know, I, I'm used to on in the UI kit of having using split view controllers, and uh, it just makes much more sense to me. Whereas this stacked navigation view with the three views that give you that triple navigation yeah it doesn't doesn't you don't have as much control over it right as you do with uh with the ui kit stuff so and i'm just always hoping that that's something that they're going to address but nothing so far so i had to do uh there was one app where i was using i needed something like a page view controller and they don't have like right. anything like that in Swift UI. So I ended up using, you know, creating a UI uh, view controller representable with a UI page view controller because there was no other way I could do it in Swift UI. You do it with the tab view now with the paging tab view? Yeah, there's no like little the little dots at the bottom. Oh, the little dots. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's do... a bunch of other stuff I couldn't do with the tab view because that was, uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Like that would have been the nice option, but no. I didn't have that that choice. Yeah, the um, I know um, Guy Rambo. He basically will build this navigation out in in UI Kit. Okay, and then then, and then everything else will be switched. That's UI. actually a good idea in a lot of ways. I hadn't thought of yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I you know because I have this one big app that I want to convert over to Swift UI. And that's what's holding me back right now is the whole navigation stuff. So I, maybe I should just take the navigation framework and bolt it on from there. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, going back to the, to the topic, like one of the things that you find when you're learning something new is like it's limited. You don't know its limitations. And that's like to right. me the scariest thing is like if you're trying to use something and then you find out you can't do it and you like spent all this time learning all this stuff. Yeah, I don't know like a good good way of like figuring out if you're going to learn a new API whether that API has limitations. Like cuz sometimes you like you said, like I yeah. said, you don't know what you don't know until you deep dive and then you're like, "Oh, whoops, like this was a waste of my time." Yeah, but, but also oftentimes is that it's not going to do it the way that you want to be able to do it. But that doesn't necessarily mean that there is not another way to accomplish exactly the same thing. 
Yep. So that's true. You know, you really do have to keep an open mind with respect to that, right? And uh, God, I mean, I you know, I spend you know at least the first hour of my day every day going through the the people that I follow on Twitter and and going through blog posts and I use a, a bookmark manager called rainbow rain dot rain raindrop raindrop that I owe. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Raindrop that I owe. And, um, everything gets categorized in terms of, you know, what is it? It's a swift UI and is it, uh, an iOS 15 thing or is it, um, you know, dispatch queue type stuff or, or, or concurrency, you know, whatever the, the topics are. And I just keep on building up this library of, of different posts and videos that, you know, if I, especially if I'm going to build a, a, do a video, then I'm going to go through every single one of those resources and then just start to absorb all the different things and find out all the different ways that people accomplish one thing or another. And, and, and I think then that's really important. You got to really keep your mind open to learn how to do things because there's always more than one way. And in fact, your way may not be the best way, right? So it's a really good idea. Like I, I start, I use bear for my note taking and like, that's a, I like the idea of like tracking videos, blogs, articles, etc. What was it I used to use? Was it delicious? It was one of those like bookmark tracking, like bookmark manager apps. I used to use that a long time ago, but I, I used Wonder Tree. I think it was okay. initially, and but now it's a Microsoft uh, native. But anyway, Raindrop.io was great. It's uh, I'll take you know, a look at that. It might, yeah. I I did a video on that one as well. I, I got a video for everything, but uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I I really like. How it. long does it take you to put a video out? You know, I admire these guys that can whip them together. I can't. You know. Um, It'll generally take me at least three days to do a single video. So, okay. Because it's I will. actually not that bad. That's like a lot shorter than, than me. Uh, really? Like not, not this episode, but like if I was putting together a tutorial video, it, it tends to take me a lot longer than three days. So that's, that's awesome. Well, you've got it yeah. down to the, to a science, so to speak. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's, it's a process because I, uh, you know, I'll build a project. Then I will write a script as I build the project again. Interesting. Okay. Then I'll record the video without any audio following my script. Then I'll go and watch the video and edit my script to match the sequence that I actually did things because sometimes I do things in a little bit different order. Okay. Then I'll record, then I'll record the audio and then I'll put the two together and then edit the video and the audio together you know, either speeding up or freeze framing to match my my content, uh, my my audio, and then once I've done that, then I will go through another run and do my zooms and pans and highlights, and add my intro, my my uh, trailer, and then publish it. So it's a fairly awesome. lengthy process. Yeah, I I never that's awesome. I never video and audio at the same time. Can't do it. Okay, yeah, Just can't do it. You know, make too many typos. Well, it's probably a little bit easier that your face is in there, right? Because then you don't. Yeah, have to oh, yeah. That, that's why my face is never there. Right? <laughs> I just no couldn't secret. do it. There'd be so many edits. So. Hey, folks, a lot of people ask me, what do they recommend for a host when it comes to their new podcasts? And I really recommend the host I've been using, which is 
Transistor.fm. Transistor.fm is the serious podcast host. If you want to get into podcasting and really invest the time and money in something that works and that will help you easily maintain and get that show out that you want to get out while keeping it easy to maintain and easy to share and get connected with the variety of hosts and services out there. Transistor has the ability to hook up to things like Spotify and Apple Podcasts so that you can get your show up and ready and working right away. If you're interested in giving Transistor a try, go to the link in the show notes below and use that referral link to let them know you heard about us. As a developer, I've wanted to build my own podcast show and host it myself. And I've got to say, that is not a great idea. But if you are looking for something that'll just help you get started to start your podcast, I'll post also a link from the folks at Transistor. Justin has a really good post on getting started building your own podcast. And I just have to say, if you have already started your podcast and are looking for something for hosting as your audience grows, then definitely take a look at Transistor today. And Check out some of their great analytics that they've helped me to grow this podcast as well. Again, check out the link in the show notes below with the referral code to get started. Let them know where you heard about us and get started on that podcast or migrate that podcast over to Transistor so that you can do what you love recording and putting out a great show without having to deal with all the technical issues of distribution, hosting, and things like that. Again, Links in the show notes below and try out Transistor today. Thanks. I want to talk a little bit more about mentoring. Yeah. How do you find a good mentor, I guess, out there? Like, what's what's the best method you think for doing that? Well, I, first of all, don't be afraid to ask, because I think that's one of the, the biggest things that that particularly new people are, is that they're afraid to ask questions because they don't know what they don't know. And I think this is one of the real pluses of the iOS community is that, boy, I mean, it's just fantastic. I mean, you've got some really high profile people that are willing to give their time to help you to help you out to get to where you want to go. And, um, you know, people are, are, are picking up mentees just because that they want to, if that person shows an interest. So if you're going to ask a question from somebody, and this is, I took offense to, to one young fellow that asked me a whole number of questions. And I went through a fair amount of time sort of going through his project, fixing the project up for him, documenting what I had done. Cause I don't, you know, I want to make sure that he understands what he's done, fire it back to them and don't hear back from them. So a week later, you know, I messaged them and saying, look, did you get the, what I sent you? Because I, you never know if things get lost in the, in the ether or whatever. He says, oh, yeah, yeah, it worked great. And so, you know, I, you know, I, you know using pulling the age card, you know, I said, look, you know, it's proper for you to appreciate somebody. You know, I'm not asking for anything, just acknowledgement that it helped you and that it was done. So that to me is really important. If anybody helps you, thank them and give them credit if you're going to use what they help you with. You know, that's that's the least that you can do. And I think if you do that, then you're more likely to get more feedback from that person or others as well. Yeah. You just sort of build that. 
I'm just wondering if this person like just wanted the code to like work and they didn't even care to learn. Oh yeah. That's what I'd be afraid of in those situations. It's just like, yeah, do, or, do I know. the work for me. I don't want to do it. Like I'm not really, I don't care to learn. Yeah. I actually, that was interesting. I, I did a, a series of well over a year ago on uh, authentic, authenticating with Apple using on Firebase. You know, okay. And, okay. and, and it was a, Oh, the six or seven part series. And at that point, I wasn't putting my finished source code up on, um, on, on GitHub. Now, all of my projects, you can get the completed code on, on my repository on GitHub. But at that point, I, I hadn't been. But, you know, it was step by step, work your way through it, just follow what I'm doing, and you'll get through it. And then, you know, I get this message from this guy saying, oh, you know, you didn't, um, uh, you know, I, I, can, I, can I get the finished code? And I says, well, I haven't really done that because it's got my, you know, my info dot, you know, key in there for that, that Firebase right, requires. Right. And I have to yeah. pull that out and fin it to you. And then he comes back, he says, oh, you're just full of yourself. <sighs> you know, and, uh, you know, and that affects me. <laughs> you know what that's <laughs> does, called? You know? Becky, uh, what is it? Choosy, choosy beggars, choosy oh, beggars. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's like, uh, if they, you're being so nice to them and it's like, well, you didn't do this exact thing. And I feel like they can, they can get yeah, I, I don't yeah. take criticism kindly. And, uh, I guess that's why I was such a terrible vice principal in you know, high school <laughs> because you can't please everybody when you're a vice principal, right? You've got students, teachers, and parents who all think that they're in the right and everybody <laughs> yeah. expects you to support them. Right. What are like some good places to ask exactly? Like, what do you find are some of the best communities for getting answers? Well, depending on, on where you're at, and I know a lot of people don't like Facebook, but there are a number of Facebook groups, particularly ones like, for example, um, Code with Chris. You know, and uh, oh, he's with yeah, oh yeah, yeah he's yeah. got a he has a Facebook group. Nice, and he has a number of people now. I think you had Michaela Karen on your show not too long ago, yep. right? Yep. Yep. She, she's one of the moderators of that group now. I think that's kind of one of the places where she started because she hasn't been at this for all that long. Okay. And she kind of was in there. So now she's one of the moderators of that group that answers nice. questions from other people. And so I think he's he's got a number of people that are like that. And um, I'm always wary about posting my video tutorials on groups that are like Chris's because that could be seen as a me trying to capitalize on his, his popularity or whatever, you know, cause that's what his business is. Yeah. So, you know, but so, but before that I was always answering questions there as well. And that's where I've made some connections with people that I, that, that I've been mentoring is through that, that particular group. Yeah. But, and now Chris says no problem. I can post my videos because they're just, enhancing what what he's doing anyway i'm not trying to sell a course or anything yeah but there are i think i do five different groups i'll post on reddit although reddit not so much i don't get a lot of feedback on reddit reddit has too much of the uh, actually crowd yeah I think. yeah a- absolutely oh yeah that more than anywhere it's 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 reddit that i get that uh but but there is like i'll actually say reddit does have good content but as far as asking a question yeah i kind of i kind of agree it's not really meant it's not really built for it no, but like as far as posting a video, like I do think it's a good place. I think you mentioned Karen. Karen posts yeah. on there quite a bit, and a few yeah. other folks I know. Yeah, 
And even, and believe it or not, LinkedIn, which kind of surprised me. Oh, yeah. I've heard that a lot from folks. Yeah. yeah my, my second largest following is in India. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and that, that, you know, that kind of, and, and that kind of surprised me. But I, I have a lot, I actually have a lot of followers that are in many, almost third world countries. Not that India is a third world country. And uh, that kind of surprises me. People that are, you know, underprivileged somewhat. Yet they're following my videos and they're asking me questions and uh, right. I think we we don't realize that there's a huge developer crowd outside of the uh, I know Euro Euro Anglo spheres. Uh, maybe I can put yeah. it or like parts of parts of Asia, yeah. you know, Africa too. And I think like yeah, there's a lot of aspiring developers who want to learn, like especially in India. Oh, India is huge, but I mean they they got this huge community anyway, right? Yeah. I mean, but you know, in, in Africa, I've got people following me in Africa. And it's interesting, this, their whole, you know, like I, the respect that they give me, you know, I've been called uncle. That's awesome. And I says, uncle, you know, <laughs> well, that's a sign of respect. Okay. They can call me uncle, you know, but. You should change your channel name. Learn Swift with Uncle Stewart. I love it. Yeah. Or sir. I get that all the time. Sir. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's totally different from, you know, some of the hey dudes that you get, you know, from. A <laughs> hey dude, American fix crowd. my code. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, so they're they're much more appreciative. But anyway, so if if somebody wants my help, you 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 know, if you show me some respect and and appreciate what I do, I will continue to help you. But if you just take my code and run, yeah, be yeah, appreciative for sure yeah. for certain. I think that helps a lot, as opposed to like you know, like I said, choosy beggars or kind of like people who uh, who uh, yeah, just. Sometimes when people right. don't pay much for the content, they they can be more rude than if they did pay for the content. You know what I mean? I feel like yeah. that, that can happen sometimes. The, the thing I've found helpful is finding, if you have a specific question about a specific API, you'd be surprised that there are specific forums for that on the web. Uh, whether that's like the Swift forums. Swift forums is actually really good. I like, I like that. Or Slack and Discord. Like, of had got a lot of help with Slack and Discord groups um, and channels or workspaces, whatever, on a lot of stuff. I find those communities to be really, really helpful when I have a question about something. See, I hate Slack, to be honest with you. And the reason is... Why? Well, it, the reason is that I the company that I worked for for seven years was a, a groupware product that you, you, I'm sure you've probably never heard of it, but it, they were big in education. Okay. And they were the first to develop this whole threaded message technology in, in terms okay. of messaging and keeping things out of email and limiting it to what they called conferences. Mm -hmm. And the reason I ended up working for them is because we used it in the two school districts that I worked for. And, you know, I just maxed out on it because it had a platform that allowed me to build apps on top of it to access SQL databases and, and everything. Yep. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. but that whole concept of, of, of not having a message that was had a quote of every single one in that particular thread in that particular message and having it all limited in a thread that was easy to go back and forth in to find out what that what it was and and great search technology built in so i just find i found slack really confusing and overwhelming in terms of the the content because it wasn't focused enough for me now that I guess will depend on the community, okay. right? So, yeah, right, right. You know, and that's just my take on it, obviously. But uh, 
but I mean, there's a lot out there. If Slack doesn't work for you, um, I actually, I, I'm a little bit, probably a little bit more like that when it comes to Discord. Like Discord to me is like a little bit confusing, mm. but there's always something out there. Like you said, if Facebook's your cup of tea, like definitely check that out. Yeah, but you got to go where the people are. Yeah. You got to find where the people are, yep. right? And, yep. uh But, uh, you know, Twitter is also great too. Yeah, Twitter is a really great community out there. Um, and you don't even have to, you just have to find the right people and like, you know, my DMs are open and I don't know about yours, but like, feel free to like, yeah, yeah. you know, ask me a question or post a tweet and send it to me. I'm, I'm more than willing to help as yeah. well. Yeah. So you had something on here about content providers. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. You know, just, all, you know, sort of getting to know who, which, which ones sort of match with you, I guess, is sort of what I was, uh, was saying. And, and, and I think as your path grows, your who you go to is going to change. And, you know, when certainly um, Paul Hudson, if I'm starting out, you know, 100 days of Swift, 100 days of Swift UI, I don't think you can find a better resource to get a complete overview. But it's not going to make you into a developer. It's going to give you an overview. So you've got to find supplementary resources to allow you to dig down onto a particular topic. And that's where other content providers can provide you with a particular focus. And um, Sean Allen was fantastic for that. Even back when I was first learning out, um, the young um, Jared Davidson, is it Jared? Do you know Jared? I think so. You know, he was uh, just a young kid. He's still young. He's only like 23 or something like that, but has been had his YouTube channel for forever, you know, providing a lot of content on particular topics, different approach from, from, from me, but, but lots of good stuff. Sean probably was the closest kind of content provider to me than anybody. Mainly because where he's coming from, you know, he doesn't come from a IT background. You know, he he's more mature, comes at it, and the way he approaches things are more of a ex, a well-rounded explanation of things. And so, for me, when I was first starting out, watching Paul's content, I thought was was really good. Now that I have a better understanding on how to focus myself on things, I go deeper. And I'm more focusing more on blogs like uh, John Sundell's blogs or uh, Antoine Vanderlei's blogs, you know, where you are now digging into specific content and getting a much deeper understanding. So there are different levels. You understand the patterns of practices so then you can deep dive into those blog posts more. Like, yeah, I get exactly. where you're coming from. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, it, it, you really do have to 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 understand what your, your goal is. And, and I think, you know, just the whole progression is, you know, you start on a particular person and, and learn the fundamentals, then, you know, find somebody who's going to offer you a well-rounded course. And I think Sean does a fabulous job on that. He's got a couple of, of full courses where he doesn't, you know, I, would, I, I, you know, I subscribed to his last one on uh, CloudKit because I wasn't all that, sure yeah. and confident with cloud kit and synchronizing and i wanted to to get an overview well i you know i watched that at like 1.5 speed and and then you know as he's developing things and there i made a big mistake is that as i'm partway through he's just throwing all the code in saying that he's going to reorganize it later 
in, into a, an MVVM pattern, whereas he's got everything in his view. Well, I decided that I'm going to do that right now, but I'm going to do it my way. And by the time I get to him, I'm on a completely different track. So now I'm no, no longer following Sean. And and sometimes things aren't working. And, and But anyway, if you follow along, he, he, he's really, really good at that. And another one is um, Brian Vong. And yep, let's build yep. that app uh, where you can take an app from zero, no starter projects. Let's build it from zero and let's go down and complete that app and, and not miss out anything. And those are, are, I think, is, you know, you go from an overview, drill down on specific topics, and then take a look at content that offers you the full meal deal in a single app, not multiple apps, one app. And then the other content that, that I really like is um, stuff that does a complete overview on one particular API. And Mohammed um, um, Azam, Azam Sharp, he does that. He'll... He'll take a concept like async uh, concurrency and he'll grab material from a number of uh, different people and then present it in video awesome. form and work through it completely. And that sort of gives you an, a complete overview of something that you can now start to apply to your own. So it's a real progression as far as I'm concerned in, in sort of starting overview, drilling down, getting a more full meal deal, and then going back again and focusing on a particular API. Couple couple of things. I started watching cooking videos um, on YouTube. I've been watching a lot of uh, Binging with Babish. And one of the things I like okay. is he will, uh, when he goes through a recipe, he, uh, he'll be honest and say, I got this from America's Test Kitchen. I got this from Elton Brown. I got this from uh, Lopez. And it's like, like, I appreciate that. It's like, I appreciate the honesty of being able to cite your sources yeah because not only is it like being gracious obviously but also if Stuart's going to do a swift ui thing and he's going to borrow something from um sean allen right or maybe from a sundell post like i can then go and i can oh interesting sundell like talked a little bit more about how to do pull to refresh i can now deep dive into that and like it's it's that part too it helps those those of us to learn to like want to deep dive into this particular thing that you showed off or somebody else showed off and then like really deep dive uh, more into something that you didn't really focus on because you were having more of an overview. So yeah, I like that a lot. Like um, I appreciate that very much if, if Mohammed's been doing that as well. The other thing you didn't mention when you mentioned videos is WWDC videos. Yeah. With, like, uh, yeah. Do you, do you, What's your, I like them. I use them a lot. Like when I want to just, because even if they're not perfect, I'm getting the actual developers who built the features perspective on how I'm supposed to be using it. So for me, like, like whatever shortcomings you might think it has, like, at least for me, like when I watch it, it's like, oh, this is why Apple does it this way. Okay. That's interesting. Like, and then now I have like the basic overview and then I can jump in and you know, watch or read another blog post from someone else. Yeah, this year for me was was really big watching the the WWDC videos. Maybe just because of where I'm at, so I was able to get far more from them now than I think that I have ever been uh, able to okay. in the past. Okay, because um, you know, I think that they they make some assumptions. I think that that probably the more experienced people get way more out of the WWDC videos than, than, uh, than the beginning. 
So yeah, this this year was great because I really focused on the the iOS 15 uh, features. You know, the downside is that you know you don't know. First of all, they're showing you stuff that is maybe one version later than or two versions later than the the first beta. Yeah, that's true. And then by the time you hit the fifth beta, that's changed. So the video is no longer using the same uh, same syntax, right? That, that so could be true. That could be true. Yeah. Things do change. But I've found that the Apple documentation has been getting way better yeah. recently. Yeah. Uh, so things are, are 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 really you know stepping up right there. But yeah. Anything else you wanted to talk about before we close out? Yeah, I, I think probably more than anything else, the best way to become better at anything is to teach it. So hundred percent. Yes, this. Yes, you know, either create a video to share uh, something that you've learned that you think is really cool. Create a video on it, and you'll learn way more about it. Or if you don't have the tools to do a video, you know, write a detailed blog on it, uh, or volunteer to and, speak and at do, a conference do, on it. That's what I do. Yeah, that that's scary. Uh, you know, I I've spoken at many conferences, but never on iOS development. It was always on this f- software that I that I had okay. used before. Yeah, I did. And, I did uh, ten talks last year. Um, of course, with with wow, COVID, it was yeah. all like I think most of them were were by far just doing videos. So I definitely learned a lot about video production. Uh, but like that, that to me, like you said, like I, it's, it forces me to learn something, uh, and learn something uh, new. So yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like when I said, when I put together a, a sample project for a video that I'm going to work on and then I'll write the script as I'm building it. Well, the second time I build the app, I've changed what my original was because it's, I've realized in the middle of it that this would be a more efficient way to do this. And then when I record the video, something else clicks and I'm doing something else. So as you're explaining uh, and that's the other thing too is is using the right terminology. And and jargon, so I have this, jargon uh, is a big part of a good community. It's like understanding the right jargon. Yeah, I totally agree. Cuz going back to asking a question, sometimes people will ask a question they'll use the wrong term, right? And it's like you're yeah. not sure what exactly they're talking about and then you got to help them use the right jargon and stuff like that. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have actually now I have a this um it's called five notes or something like that. It's just a little menu bar app that allows me to have certain things up there that if, if especially, you know what I always mix up the difference between argument and parameter. What is the difference today? I'm going to learn this. Oh, well, let me bring up my five notes. Let's see. Oh, the other thing is the difference between brackets, parentheses and angle brackets. I think they're all different. Okay. Okay. Function parameters are names listed in the function's definition. Function arguments are the real values passed oh. to the function. Okay. Parameters are initialized to the values of the arguments supplied. Okay. That's kind of what I thought it was going to end up being. So arguments is what you pass yeah. into a parameter, right? Okay. Yeah, that, that sounds yeah. about right. But I, you know, yeah, well, it is right, but but I often mix them up and I'll talk about, okay, well, here's this function we're passing this parameter yeah, in, yeah, yeah, in yeah, this yeah. argument and you know and I want to correct myself so that's just something that I have up in front of me all the time and or if I'm explaining code and I'll talk about these are brackets because in Canada we might call a bracket something different than you in the United States so they're I call them curly brackets and you might call them braces right 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 like a, you know what do you call those things and and so you know you just have this different terminology so I've got these little notes up there that 
if I'm recording, I'm always having to look up and as I'm writing my script as to make sure I use the right word. Do you know that the left, the name for the left bracket is bra and the name for the right bracket is ket? No. Totally. I didn't realize that. I looked that up on Wikipedia. I was like, that's ridiculous. Now I know. Yeah. What do you, what do you think about spending money on content? Should you, should you like, when do you think it's worth it? Oh, I think it's always worth it. You know, that you, you, you get what you pay for, for sure. There, there, there is a lot of free content out there, but there's also a lot of really, really good content. And, um, you know, my YouTube channel's not huge. You know, I make, you know, not a lot of money each month on advertisement, but every penny of that advertisement goes into purchasing content or supporting people through Patreon or whatever, going right back into the community to encourage more. So, um, you know, we, most of us do this not because we're trying to make money, but it is nice to get some money out of the, out of the deal as well, right? So, uh, and the money makes it sustainable. I mean, that's the important thing. It does, yeah, right? Yeah, and, and you know, and it's starting to allow me to you know upgrade my my technology. You know, be able to to get things just to make it easier for me to continue to do what I'm doing because this is I got a I got a pension, so I'm not right in it for the money, right? I'm in it because I. I want to keep my myself fresh, yeah, as you same say. Same here. Right? Same here. I mean, I'm so, yeah. I'm super glad yeah. that I'm in the software development world because, like, I have to keep myself fresh, and like, that's that's what I'm hoping like to do is like over the next you know decades, is being able to just constantly like learn new stuff and not stay stuck in my ways. And I think I think you did a great job this episode, kind of explaining how how to do that and how to learn new stuff. Oh, I think it's good. I appreciate. I that. think this this has been an awesome set of good episodes so thank you so much Stuart, for coming on well my pleasure really enjoyed it thank you where can people find you online uh they can find me on twitter at Stuart lynch s-t-e-w-a-r-t-l-y-n-c-h uh and youtube same thing youtube uh slash Stuart lynch uh that's where i'm i'm most active i have a website createx solutions uh i'll give you the link i don't want to read it out nobody <laughs> okay. remember it but um, yeah, and th- and that sort of gives you take you can take a look at what apps I've built in case you're interested, and uh, it also has links to all my videos. And I actually have a Notion page that lists. I just saw that today. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So it it lists. There's 144 listings on there, of which I guess about 136 of them or so are videos that are currently published, and the rest are are ones that are either done or in the can waiting to be published. Cause I only release one a week. I have to stay current. You know, if I try, if I released all my videos all at once, I'd have nothing, I'd be, you know, nothing to have for a couple of weeks. So I try and limit what I release. I totally understand as somebody who publishes a podcast. So yeah, I get it. Right. Well, thank you again for coming on. People can find me on Twitter at Leo GDN. My company is bright digit. If you can post a review on wherever you're listening, I'm not going to list all the providers because it keeps getting longer every week. Or if you're on YouTube, like and subscribe. If you have any questions, feel free to hit me up on Twitter. Uh, Thank you for joining me for this show. And we look forward to talking to you again. Bye, everyone. Bye.